Go wild with Nation Gear's end of regular season merch madness sale. Nation Gear is offering our favorite fans 20% off all regular season merch. And we're going to give you free shipping on any orders over $200. Stock up your closet for the playoffs. Rep your team and grab that merch you've been eyeing up all season long. Don't wait. This sale only lasts from April 1st until April 7th. Shop the sale at nationgear.ca. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. This is the Puck Poolies Podcast with Matt Larkin and Stephen Ellis. Hello everybody, it's Matt Larkin here with Stephen Ellis. Welcome back to Puck Poolies presented by our new sponsor, ProLine Plus. This is episode two. And Stephen, we can kind of get in the groove of things now if people, we assume, listen to episode one. So let's just dive into it and establish what's going to be our routine. Tell me how your fantasy team's doing. Well, my my team, uh, we won again. So I believe we're, I'm now 8-1-0. So I've been kind of just on a roll. And I, just, I feel like ugh, I probably could have almost had a perfect record with how good my team's playing um, had it not been for just just injuries that week when i lost because uh entering this week the projection was i was going to win by 200 points and that's pretty insane so i think i won by almost double um last week and it helped the tage thompson went kind of on a roll like he did but uh uh yeah i can't say it uh i could say it worked out pretty well for me okay that's good i'm kind of grinding along i'm hanging on the playoff periphery but i'm in an easy division where just 500 could jump me from like 11th place to fourth place and i'm in pretty good shape but it's the devil's goaltending. I've been riding and dying with the devil's goaltending. So at the beginning of the year, I was trying to trade them. I thought I have to upgrade that position. Then all of a sudden, Vitek Vanacek and Akira Schmidt are playing really well. Now they're coming back to earth. So I'm like, oh no, is this is the party over? I know you wrote earlier this week, I think it was you, Stephen, that his underlying numbers weren't that great. So I'm like, uh, I hope this is still going to be a thing. Otherwise, maybe I'm going to start sinking again, but we'll see what happens. Uh, okay, that's enough about our teams. Let's jump into how we can help people with their teams. Stephen, what do you got? All right, well, it's time to talk about the Shao League pickup of the week with one of my favorite young defensemen in the entire NHL. Okay, yeah, we're going to start with Sean Dursey of the Los Angeles Kings. When I checked as of Monday night, he was 46% available. And he, to me, was someone I, I had my eye on going into the season because he had some nice category juice late in the year. 
Then all of a sudden, early this season, he's a healthy scratch. And it's like, oh my God, no, this was supposed to be one of the big sleepers I was trying to sell people on. I've led them astray. But I think it was just Todd McClellan trying to send a message. He's found his groove. 10 points in his last nine games, which is great for a defenseman. Six of those coming on the power play as well. And I just like the general statistical buffet, as I love to say. He gives you help in many different categories. Well above average, especially in blocks. Not bad in hits. And he's bringing the offense PP1. Yeah, this is a guy that last year really took advantage of uh, Drew Doughty being out and getting out there and getting more ice time. And um, someone where I think it was just kind of a matter of time until he finally got his opportunity. You know, he was uh, when, he, when he was drafted, he was a big kind of high riser guy, and he's been pretty uh, important for the LA Kings ever since making it to the NHL. Uh, next part is going to be the medium league pickup of a player that you and I are definitely very familiar with. That's right. Sean Dersey was an ex Maple Leafs prospect defenseman, and now this is a current rising prospect of the Toronto Maple Leafs. Rasmus Sandin, available in 69% of leagues. So we know the Morgan Riley injury has been a blessing for Sandin. When it first happened, I assumed it was going to be Mark Giordano getting more of the opportunity, especially on that first power play unit. Right now it's Sandin, and that's a plum spot to be in out there with the guys like Marner and Matthews Tavares and so on. And it's been very exciting to watch the growth in his last 11 games. He's got seven points. He's plus 11, 30 hits, 18 blocks. So you're getting, again, nice statistical balance there. And the big question is, is this a long-term pickup? I'm not sure. I just go get him for now, and then you can sort it out later. Because Morgan Riley, we know the injury. The knee injury is not a season ender. He will be back, and he will get that, that job back. He's too important as a, as a leader on this team. He'll be back on the top power play. So maybe Sandine is a sell high. You find the Leaf fan in your league. You let him help you for another couple of weeks. But either way, it's an asset you can use. So definitely pick him up. That's a pair of defensemen. Let's talk about a forward in Owen Tippett, a guy that I got to watch a lot when I was covering the Mississauga Steelheads. Uh, what do people need to know about him? Yeah, and I always say this, if you've been following my fantasy advice for years, it's just when, when a player scores at every level, it's always a good sign. It's just when someone's a scorer their whole life. You could say that about Cole Caulfield, and Matt Boldy is an example I always use. And that applies to Owen Tippett as well. Going back to Major Junior, he was a goal scorer. He came to the AHL, and he transitioned fairly well. He found his goal scoring touch there. Of course, he's part of the Claude Giroux trade last year, and we're seeing him get an increased opportunity. 16, 17 per game is his time on ice. That's a career high. He's got eight goals in 24 games. So even what he's doing right now, if you extrapolate that pace over 82 games, that's 27 goals, 44 points, 188 shots, 164 hits. So what he's giving you is like a poor man's Joel Erickson Eck for fantasy purposes or a poor man's Sam Bennett, yet Owen Tippett's available in 97% of leagues. And he just doesn't have that much competition for playing time on a really bad Flyers team. So I think he can maintain this level of production. And I think it could be quite a helpful piece in a deep league. I said it about Eli Tolvin in an article on uh, that I wrote recently, uh, talking about how, kind of to your point, goal scorers, they they don't kind of forget how to score. And sometimes if you're not scoring, you're not you're playing more of a defensive role, you're deep in the lineup, you do lose all those opportunities to score. And you're not playing the game you're used to, but you just give those guys the opportunities. And that's what we're seeing uh, with Owen Tippett right now. Uh, and the WTF pickup of the week is someone that is, uh, I checked, is not picked in my pool, Jeff Skinner. Yeah, I even wrote down, what are we doing here? It's just, I don't know if there's just a stink on Jeff Skinner because obviously he has a long history of burning people in fantasy mm -hmm. because if you look at his pattern, okay, this is his full season goal total trend for his career. 31, 20, 13, 33, 18, 28, 37, 24, 40, 14, 7, 33. He's just all over the map. And I think people are just like, you know what? I'm done with you, Jeff Skinner. But I say 
put your emotion aside. He's available in 25% of leagues. He's playing when he's not suspended, which he is right now, with Tage Thompson and Alex Tuck, and that chemistry was forged last season. So I think he's a safe bet to most of the time be on that line. And Jeff Skidder's on pace for almost 100 points. It's crazy. I wonder, too, if it's just because people think he's old. But because he's been around for so long, he's played 800, 880 games, but he's only 30 because he debuted at 18. So this could be a Patrick Marlowe kind of career where Jeff Skinner eventually challenges for the all-time games record. I don't know, but he's not as old as people think he is, and he's on a 100-point pace. Just pick him up. What are you doing, people? Come on. I like it. Yeah, no, I, I've, I'm still just like I've kind of the mindset of, yeah, he's playing well right now, but he's so up and down. But right now, it's, it's clearly up. So I don't agree there. And the tip of the week never declare anyone untouchable and uh, i've learned that myself in my league um, but why do you say that yeah this is one that grinds my gears steven and so this is a message to people from my league that are hearing this because i hate when people do this no Connor mcdavid untouchable no don't even bother making an offer that's my voice of the annoying generic gm whoever that is it's just such closed-minded thinking and it hurts you in many ways you turn off the other gm by just saying the best player i have you can never have so it makes you not a very exciting GM to negotiate with, and it puts you on the path to eventually your rival saying, you know what, I give up. I'm not even trying to trade with this person. They never want to give up their good players. And it just it just closes the door. You never know what type of offer you might get. Someone might surprise you. And I'm going to give you an example. Last year, I was in a keeper league. It was the trade deadline of our keeper league. And I had Miko Rantanen and Alexander Barkov as two of my best keepers. I said, I don't think I'm going to trade them. Like, I don't think there's any point of trying. But I didn't say untouchable. And someone came flying in with this crazy offer. It was like Patrice Bergeron, Elias Patterson, Mackenzie Wieger, Brad Marchand, UC Saros. And I was like, oh, whoa, whoa, accept. And I loaded up with a veteran team because I got so many pieces. So that was a good example of I thought my best players were untouchable. But you just got to keep that mind open. Someone may surprise you. And you don't want to be labeled an annoying person to trade with because that's a hard reputation to shake, Stephen. Yeah, 100%. And I usually like to take advantage. It's a slightly different thing, but I like to take advantage of um, trade rumors. And, you know, I, I play with people who aren't like following all the latest news every single day. So there's that. But I like to take advantage of uh, Claude Giroux last year or when or when he was available for trade. It's like, okay, here, like he, a lot of people are talking about him. A lot of teams might want him. Let's try to dangle him. And I was able to actually trade him for a much higher than return than I probably should have because people were kind of starting to build into the hype. Um, and there were some guys where, uh, who was it? Uh, JT Miller was another guy where I was kind of dangling him. And given he was almost an MVP caliber player, it was not a guy I wanted to, to move at the time. But I was at the end of the year, I'm like, okay, I got, I should probably move him, just take advantage of kind of all the hype. And I stole it. And I, Kind of getting a good return. Uh, I did get JT Miller again in the in the offseason, only for me to wish I could cut him, but he's on the Yahoo Don't Cut list. Exactly. That's right. I hate and that. It's funny, it's funny, Stephen. I'm talking about advice that I want to give to people that are in my own league, and it's kind of the perfect transition to our special guest today because it is someone who is in my league and is a rival of mine, and it's time to bring that person on. Okay, everyone, you probably know him as an extremely famous singer, a Grammy Award winner, winner, the the king of Christmas, if you will. I know him as those things as well, but also a friend. And uh, <clears throat> sorry, I just got to throw up in my mouth a little bit. The first place team in my fantasy hockey league. Welcome to Puck Pooley's Michael Buble. Michael, how you doing, my friend? I mean, I, I, nice to see you, Stephen. You know what's weird? Is this the first time? This is this Larkin out of league? I can't. 
Or did I have the best record in the history of the league one, one year? Oh, yes, I did. <sighs> yes, that it's up for debate. And I, I'm saving that. I'm saving an ambush for you later. But we're going to we're going to warm up. I'm going to go easy on you to start this episode. Sure. And, <laughs> you know, one thing that we bonded over initially was the love of fantasy sports. And I want you to tell our listeners what what got you into hockey pools? What made you fall in love? Because you're a very competitive guy, as I know. Well, I think my ADHD would be helpful. Those are, you know, people that have, you know, people call that a learning disability. Yeah, I don't think it's a learning the opposite. I think it's actually the ability to focus on on things that you are, are, are and of course, in things I'm not interested in, it makes me a mess, but um, I love the numbers and I love, I love, you know, trying to do the Sudoku in my, in my, how to make it work. Because it's funny, when I started playing, you know, it's, the names were attractive, you know, you wanted, wanted to have, you know, whoever these, you know, the big stars were, and you realize quickly that that isn't, that's not what, that's not how you win, you know what I mean? I mean, you win the perfect team, depending on the leagues you're playing, they give you the categories or stats. And so fun, you know, for, for me, it's, it's, it's interesting and it keeps me, it just keeps me interested. And more, more than that now, I've started to become, I've had, become from, from years of being in leagues with guys that I'd never met before. And now I can, we're friends, we're buddies. And that's, the camaraderie is cool. Like we're on group chats. I'm on like three or four group chats. I mean, we're just kicking the hell out of each other the whole time. But it's, you know what I mean? It's all in good fun. So first off, I uh, love the background. Love all the, the Spider-Man and everything in the background. That's fantastic. Have you have you seen the new uh, Into the Spider-Verse trailer? Uh, that's, by the way, that movie, the first one is my, my favorite superhero movie of all time. And um, oh, yeah. I have seen trailer i i've watched that so many times that's it's funny my kid eli my second uh, you know he's your man he's like no i'm miles morales so i'm like okay sorry miles morales that's awesome uh so you obviously you're a big canucks fan you've definitely you know you know some of the players personally um does that kind of make it awkward if you might have to trade players away that if you have any of those guys on your team those guys have known that it's it's a business their whole, whole life. You know what I mean? They, they understand that part of it. And, and change is never easy. But, um, you know, I think the whole, the whole, I, it's funny. I was, yesterday, my Vancouver Giants, we, we had a, a press conference to, to introduce the Sedin brothers. I was splitting them up for the first, first time. I, you know, one, one was coach yeah, at the WHL All-Stars and the other was coaching the other. And um, you know what? I, I think you know the only thing I can do in my in my relationship to try to help you know guys uh, keep a clear mind and and um, and make sure that there there's a good environment. This is something I've always wanted to ask you, Mike, um, because you know you're in our league one of the most active. GMs like if you look at the you know the most mm -hmm. moves made in the league trades you're you're in it but you're also a guy that you perform at night you have concerts so I'm always wondering like do you do you check your phone between songs do you have a moment where you accept a trade in the middle of a show yes how do you manage because the games are played at night 
dude, the I will come off for my encore, right? At the end of the show. And do the first is to give me Purell, and they'll put Purell, and I'll, I'll wipe my hands, is to give me the phone, and boom, I check the scores. I'm, I'm in another dude. Are you serious? Why don't you say hi to them then? At least you're going to come in and. Hi. Oh, hello. Hello. Why are you talking about soccer? No. I'm not. Talking about games where babies don't pretend to get hurt every day. Oh, <laughs> oh, it looks like we lost Mike. Did you? Do you still have him, Stephen? No, no. Okay. I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. Let me just. You know what? I'm. Someone just tried to call me, and I'm on my phone, so I just declined their call. Declined. Oh, that's awesome. And for anybody listening or watching, that was Luisanda Lapalado, Michael's wife, the actress who just came in. She's decked out in her Argentina gear because we're recording this just before that game is going to start. Okay, Stephen, and, you're up. Next question, my friend. Well, one second. I need to say this because people that don't know, so when you were the editor at the Hockey News, you actually gave me a gift where you sent me um, the, the Hockey News with me on the cover. And one of the things you wrote on the cover was, is Luis Santa Lopilato the actual manager of Buble's hockey team, fantasy hockey team? <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. All right, so we've seen what Ryan Reynolds is trying to do there, trying to buy the Ottawa Senators. Is this mm -hmm. something where you might want to get involved uh, in some way of a hockey team at some point? In the NHL, it is? Uh, you know what, man? It's always been an itch that I've wanted to scratch. But to, to be fair, owning the Vancouver Giants and the WHL has 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 scratched that itch in a big way for me. Um, it's a big question because I have no I have no intent uh, in wanting to be a mascot for a team. So if I ever, if I ever, if the if the situation works itself out where I could possibly go in and on the ownership side. It would be because I think I can actually bring value to the franchise, and I really think I can. I mean, and I'm, I'm not even so much in in a sense of um, in 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 hockey or or analytics or logistics of bringing players or trading players. That's not what it's about. I just think that as an entertainer, um, what I do is very similar to what any athlete does, and and so much of it is a game of confidence. So much of what I do is uh, set up with a with a positive environment and um, and making sure that you know you can you can grow as a as a human being and um, and I know that with the Giants I watch this every single day I watch this with my my ownership team and management team and I see what a really really healthy environment they've built for these guys and even if the path isn't for these guys to be with our team in the for the long haul or uh the path isn't even to be an nhl or, or a hockey player um when they leave they always say that the experience was amazing and that they grew as human beings that that there were uh lessons of morals or ethics um and um and that you know they're confident men and not just in on the ice because 90 percent of the game isn't on the ice it just isn't it's on buses and um and it's interesting because as good as these managers are in hockey it's it's really hard it's a hard line to straddle to, to really truly understand what's happening in a room and um you know it's it's easy to look at the, the players like the fantasy 
a hockey manager where you say, well, this guy's great at face-offs and this guy's an edgy, you know, second line forward. And, and this is a good stay-at-home defenseman. It's nice to set him up because on paper, this guy is a really, uh, you know, smooth skating um, D-man that can get the puck out. But that's not what wins championships. What wins championships is not only finding leaders, not just the leaders on the ice, but the leaders of men off the ice and the leaders that, that help to lift each other up. And you need, you need more than one or two. You need to have five or six or seven guys that, that can lift each other up in different ways on and off the ice. And, um, and I always felt like I could be a part of, uh, of helping to find that and helping to foster that and helping to make sure that not only in whatever team I'm involved with, that, you know, you have that, uh, that sort of nucleus and that, that system, but that when people find out about that environment outside of your team, that they want to come. And and it, this is how it works. You know what I mean? And speaking of Ryan Reynolds, I think it's a no brainer to have somebody like Ryan Reynolds um, to come in to say the Ottawa Senators, because that's exactly what Ryan does. You know what I mean? Ryan's a good, a great guy, a beautiful human being. And again, I think he's closer to the average athlete than you'll ever you'll ever know i mean i think he gets it he gets the amount of pressure that comes from from the ownership group from your teammates from your fans and mostly on yourself because i can tell you as an entertainer i know that that's what he feels that's what i feel and um and so when you talk to these guys you know you can really break it down to a cellular level and and sort of help guys to understand that things are going to be okay. Hey, they might not be great, but hey, let's just take it a day at a time, work on it and get your confidence up. And then you see their confidence start to grow. And, you, and then it's, once that happens, you watch these players just like, I'm watching PD this year, like Elias Pedersen for the Canucks. Dude, this guy, every time he touches the puck, every single time he steps over the bench, I know that he's thinking, oh, I can score here. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I got, I got this. They can't stop me. And it's amazing when you see that happen. Yeah, very well said, Mike. And it's spoken like a true team evangelist. So if anybody's watching or listening out there thinking about the Ryan Reynolds potential, maybe down the road, I think we have another possible celeb minority owner in the mix. We'll see. Oh, what I would love that. the only the only team we're not going to is the Boston Birds. <laughs> of course, yeah. <laughs> Scarf twenty eleven do not heal. Yeah, my kids, my kids got my kid the other day was we were looking to for you know to make a list for Santa Claus. So we we're looking at all these jerseys and stuff. And he goes right, the first thing, he goes right to the Boston jersey. And he goes, Poppy, <laughs> that's a really great, wow, I like that one. I want that one. I was like, over my dead body, dude. <laughs> be canceled, dude. That's not happening. Oh, that's awesome. Okay, well, Mike, before we let you go, I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you a Christmas gift, my friend. I'm going to let you defend your honor because there is a controversy that has been going on for years in our pool, okay? So oh, to set the stage. There's no controversy. According to some, okay? Here's, well, I mean, here's just according to Yahoo, if I look at the Yahoo site, it just says champion, Michael Lublin. No way. It's garbage. Absolute garbage, okay? Yeah, let's not oh. believe our eyes. Let's just believe what you and your dad say. That's better. Okay, I'm going to start with this, Stephen. Do you consider the 1994 Montreal Expos the World Series champion? Because, you know, they were in first place when the season ended, even though there was no playoffs. Are they the World Series champion? Are they engraved on a trophy? Nope. No, that's right. Nope. Yeah. Well, can I ask so, you something? Can I ask you something? Steve? What What if they? What if that year they had had playoffs and they had started the playoffs? That'd be and then and then it was ended and they were ahead in the playoffs. 
Well, okay, well that that's tough. If if it's if it's in the World Series specifically, sure. <laughs> sure. No way. Okay, so what I'm getting at, if you can tell, is that Mr. Buble has tried to claim himself a legacy champion of the 2020 season because he was in first place on March 12th when the season shut down, and that was the end of the fantasy season. There were no playoffs. We're in a head-to-head -head league. You have to win a quarterfinal, semifinal, final. Sometimes it's a two-week final. Four Sorry, Matt. I'm against you here. I'm against you here. You're against me. Yeah, I'm against you on that one, Matt. Sorry. Okay, but let, can we just let's just do this because we're never gonna. This is never gonna. You know, it's fifty percent of our league is like, yeah, he won it. Fifty percent is like, no way. And I, you know what the truth is? The truth is, I I respect both because I don't think. Listen, I I could go both ways. You know what I mean? But the thing that I but I wanted to talk about was that I broke. How how old is that league? Oh, now it's it started in two thousand one, so it's a twenty. This is it's twenty two oh. years old. I broke the leak and I, I broke it because I was such a dickhead of a manager that I sold my team. My, it's a keeper league. I sold off my team. I traded Connor McDavid. I traded Kucherov. I sold my team so badly that I ended up that year recruiting so many first round picks that of course it wasn't fair. No one could no one could touch me. I was I, I can't remember what my record was, but it broke the record for the record. No one but I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. But I, but, I, but I screwed up the league so badly. Yeah. But the next year, they were like, so here are the rule changes. No more Buble rebuilds. No more getting rid of any more. You can't trade any more than two picks. Mm -hmm. And it can be a first and a third or a second and a fourth, but it can't be a first and a second. Like, I love that, that I walked into your league and I'm such a dickhead that I actually. <laughs> it's true. This you is true. Funny, Maddie, we started the whole league over. We had to start the whole league over. We blew it up. Yes. It was, it was like the Avengers. Yes. And so my football league, I did the same thing, dude. I realized like the first year or second year we in his existence, I was like, I was like, oh, this, my team is good, but it's not good enough to win. And I needed, I wanted that trophy. 
And so, dude, I started for three, I started to look at three years. I was making trades for three and four years. So I'll give you, I'll give you Alvin Kamara or Dalvin Cook and I want blank, you know, I want your first pick and, and, I, and they go, I'm not giving you my first pick next year. I go, give me your first pick in 2024. And they go, 2024. Anyway, long story short, this year, I think I'm about to take home the championship and I've just made it. I think I'm 13 and 14 and one and they all, that pissed everyone off. I'm going to break that league too. Yeah, that's that's the moral of the story for this episode two of Puck Poolies, which is don't let Michael Bublé infiltrate your fantasy league. He will <laughs> rot it like a virus, just like he's doing. He's in first place in our league right now, which is painful. But hey, By maybe the he's way, Maddie, with a shit team, with a terrible team. I don't have a great. It's not a great team. Yeah, it, it's it's okay. It's it's. I'm not buying it. I think what you need, what you need is for the league to suddenly pause with no playoffs again so you can declare yourself a fake champion. Hey, Matt, Matt, everyone played by the same rules that year. Sorry. No, I know. But listen, listen, it's nice to be commissioner. That's all I can say. (laughs) Yeah, that's a a dig because my dad's the commissioner. So some people claim that I I get with daddy. daddy. Let me me tell you, let me tell you, this is – the greatest league it is all the managers are that's the best part about a league where every manager is completely heavily involved everybody's talking garbage about each other um you love each other as friends you go drinking and hang out but the truth is when it's head to head that week you want that other guy dead it's like this is this is what it's about man it's so much fun like i you know i thirst for that like forget about i don't want an asterisk i want that damn I want that trophy so bad. I can taste it. Uh, well, as, as we say goodbye to you today, Mike, uh, I just want to announce the title of your next album, everybody. It's it's actually called Asterisk. That's that's what it's going to be called. Okay. Uh, so thanks, Mike, for coming on. We'll continue competing, thanks, of course. It's a pleasure. And uh, good luck with your not very good team going forward. And enjoy. Again, we're recording. Hey, as the Argentina game starts. Enjoy it's that game, my friend. Hey, buddy, it's my pleasure. And you know what, guys? I, the fact that I actually go to you, Matt, to, like, read your stuff, because you're a great writer, and I go to your stuff because I want to know, like, what is he thinking? And who do I pick up? And da da What, 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 what are you right now? Um, what number are you in the league? <sighs> I'm, in 11, I'm in 11th place. This is really backfiring. I'm getting roasted. <laughs> no, you're not getting roasted. But listen, <laughs> Coming up with my own blog, if people are interested, uh, Bubbly's Takes. Uh, so you can come and see, uh, you know, I have starting goaltenders listed. And uh, I'm just messing with you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so, you know what's so great, dude? I'm so happy you're doing this. Because I I love these, like, great hockey podcasts. And um, anytime, man, if you want me to be regular, I'm happy to come on and talk garbage and I can't wait to see these. I can't wait to... When does this come out? Today? It's going to come out later today. We're recording on Tuesday. It'll be out later today. So everybody check okay. it out. Episode 2. All right. Thanks, buddy. Thanks for coming. My pleasure, guys. Okay. Thank you to Mr. Buble. That was fun. We're going to continue on now, Stephen, with one of our new weekly segments, which is the prospect update. So who do you have your eye on right now as a potential long-term call-up to a fantasy team? So one player to watch here is Tyson Forrester on the Philadelphia Flyers. He's playing with Lehigh Valley right now, and he w- he's been fantastic. He's been close to a point per game um, for a team that can use all the scoring help it can get. And uh, I'm he was very good at the World Juniors, and this is a guy who missed a lot of hockey last year. And when he got drafted, I 
pinned him as a guy that was probably one of the more confident shooters. And he was a high volume guy. He was shooting kind of from anywhere. Um, and that has seemed to work out for him in his pro career. And um, I, I am a little concerned about his all around play, but that doesn't really matter in fantasy. It doesn't matter if he scores. Yes, he he puts up goals. And we talked a little bit about Owen Tippett. I feel like they have very similar shots. Um, it's kind of how they get to those shots that really matter. And uh, I think Forrester can, he can, get very physical in front of the net. He likes to get rebounds. He just, he wants the puck near him at all times. And mm-hmm. that is typically a pretty good thing for a fantasy team. So I'd say keep an eye out for Tyson Forrester. For sure. And sometimes it's like the source of cheap production is just players that are on really bad teams because they just get opportunities and get fast tracked into, you know, a top six, you get, you make the team and you're right on the second line right away or on the second power play or something like that. So that's where there can be sort of a discount you get because the team's bad plus minus might be bad but the opportunity is often going to be good so i i like the way you're thinking steven uh now we're going to move on to a new segment it's best bets presented by proline plus and we're going to have a little word from our sponsor first proline it's not just another sports book it is the only sports book that gives 100 percent of the profits back to ontario it has been your local trusted sports book for over 30 years now offering Ontario sports fans more ways to play in-store, online, or take the game on the go with ProLine app. With your favorite sports and events right at your fingertips, download the ProLine app and bet in-app with ProLine Plus today or head over to ProLinePlus.ca to learn more. Okay, Stephen, so we're going to dive in. We're going to use that ProLine Plus app to find our best bets for today. And the game that I'm looking at is the Los Angeles Kings and the Buffalo Sabres. I'm really all over the over in that one. Uh, the last I looked at it, it was at plus 183, over six and a half goals. And the Kings, the goaltending has just been terrible this season. If you see on Daily Faceoff, our home website, there's Mike McKenna's goalie tandem rankings. The Kings are near the bottom. Cal Peterson, of course, sent down. Jonathan Quick is not being very good either. They've had seven straight games in which at least one team scored four or more goals. Meanwhile, the Sabres have gone over six and a half in six of their past seven games. They're just playing fire wagon hockey with Tage Thompson going crazy. So I'm really liking the over in that game, especially with the Kings making the cross-country trip to Buffalo. That's a tough road trip as well. All right, Matt, we're going to take some questions now. Uh, This is one of my favorite parts because we get everyone else involved in the show. Uh, So we are going to start with a question from Sebastian Harrison, who asked, what do I do with Bennington? I also got Skinner and Swayman. Bennington is the only true starter during the full season. 16-team league, so the wire pickup selection is rather slim. Do I keep him and cross fingers for a good streak, seek a trade, or just drop him? Yeah, that's a tough conundrum to be in I, I do think you have to hold him um just because especially if your league counts volume stats uh skinner and swayman they're just not getting enough volume to be reliable as your main goaltender and bennington we saw you know got his hundred what is it hundred how many hundred hundredth career when he just got or whatever it was um he is relatively unchallenged for his gig um going into last night he was second in the league in starts and the problem is he hasn't been that good, of course, right? The save percentage has been living mainly under 900 of late, especially in the last few weeks. And because of that, I'm not saying you drop Jordan Bennington, but I do wonder if you try to explore a trade because there's still a name brand there and the volume is reliable and he's a Stanley Cup winner. So I think what I would do if I had Jordan Bennington was seek a trade for another sort of marquee big name goalie who's also struggling. So try and trade him for Marc-Andre Fleury. Or maybe maybe the window is passed on UC Saros. Saros is starting to improve. But Fleury, for example, I like the Wild better than the Blues as a team defensively. I think Fleury's a better bet to figure it out than Bennington. So don't drop Bennington. Maybe you can find a trade for another buy low goaltender. All right, we're going to stake 
easy enough to say. We're going to stick with goaltending here. We're going to talk uh, from a question from Leafs guy. Kemper, Skinner, and Hellebuck are my goalies. Picked up Skinner when Kemper went down. When he returns, what's the best move to make? He's torn on this one. Well, Leafs guy, I think you're in a pretty sweet spot. This is a good problem to have because obviously Connor Hellebuck is awesome. Uh, Darcy Kemper, when healthy, has been really solid for Washington this year too. And Stuart Skinner has been great for the Oilers too. So I think you're in a good spot no matter what. And I do think you're probably, just based on volume, you're going to keep Connor Hellebuck and Darcy Kemper. Um, but what's cool is that I don't think there's a situation where you have to consider dropping anybody because all three of these goalies have trade value. So I think if you're confident that Skinner wins the gig outright, you could trade somebody Kemper or you could take Skinner and maybe go to the Jack Campbell owner in your league and say, I got Skinner. And maybe that owner is going to be desperate to solidify the Edmonton goaltending. So I think no matter what happens, don't think of it as a, oh my God, I'm in a conundrum. I have to drop a good goalie. Think of it as you're in a position of power. Maybe you even advertise to your fellow league mates, hey, I got a goalie for sale. So who wants a good one before I have to make a move? Next question comes from uh, Eamon Devlin. I'd love to hear more about the Vampire League you mentioned last year. Okay, yes. Yeah. So we may have some new, may, maybe many new listeners to Puck Poolies who haven't heard the, the tale of the Vampire League. So that's why Eamon, who's been a listener on previous podcasts in, in the multiverse, he <laughs> really enjoyed the breakdown of this league. So I'll give you an example of it. Um, it applies to football. I'm very curious if it would work for hockey. Okay, so here's how it works. In the Vampire League, everyone drafts except for whoever the appointed vampire is. For season one, you do you do a draw. So everybody drafts normally. You draft a very deep bench to account for injuries because once you draft, you are not allowed to touch the waiver wire or change your roster all year. Meanwhile, the vampire doesn't get to draft at all. You just auto-rank all the worst players in the league that aren't even in the NHL. So the, the vampire's roster will be outfitted with the worst players. Then the season starts. The vampire is the only manager in the league that has free run of the waiver wire. The vampire can pick up whoever they want and do their best to field the team, whatever the good pickups are. That's how a vampire has to build their team. And when you play the vampire, this, is, this has to be a head-to-head -head league, by the way. If you lose to the vampire, the vampire gets to steal any player from your starting lineup. So basically, if the vampire keeps winning, it's the vampire's evil grows. The vampire's power grows as it keeps stealing your players and eating them and getting more and more powerful. So it happened to us a couple times where the vampire's evil grew and was too powerful. Eventually, it had the best team in the league, and that was it. No one could stop the vampire. And you have debates over how to strategize this. When it's your turn to play the vampire, do you start your best possible team, keep the vampire weak at the beginning of the season, or do you not want to risk your own players? And do you take a dive and put your your backups in the lineup and let the vampire steal a backup. It leads to some big debates among, among the other uh, managers, but it's really fun. And because of the fact that other than the vampire, you can't really change your team. It's a great backup league. It's not good for your main league, but it requires minimal roster management. You don't have to use the waiver wire until the playoffs. Once you're in the playoffs, every team gets to use it, but that's how vampire works. It's really fun. I use it as sort of a backup fantasy football league, not my main league, but it's great. And I'm curious. I would love to hear if somebody tried it for hockey and if it has the same effect. I've never heard of this concept before. Like, I, I know you've mentioned it, but like, like I've no, I don't know I've ever heard of anyone trying it. It's really fun. You should be the guinea pig, Steven. You should do it because you're already playing a zany, wacky four-team league. You should start up a vampire league with those same, the same people. And just tell us how it goes. Well, with a team I played against last week, you know, they forgot to just like dress Cindy Crosby in any game and kept putting McKinnon in when he wasn't playing. So I don't know how that will work out. Uh, next question comes from Flynn. How do you handle a GM just 
starts missing that doesn't do anything isn't active at all during a season yeah it's tough when especially if you're in a league that's uh, a really competitive league where people really care it, it can really suck if there's somebody who just disappears um so we've had lots of experience in my my leagues doing this uh, we kind of evaluate it in phases the first phase is you just ask around every gm in every pool usually has one or two people that they're closest to like maybe it's their best friend or whatever so you check in with those people if they know what's wrong maybe it turns out you know that that manager had a death in the family that's why or they're in the hospital whatever it is that's why they haven't responded to offers sometimes that's all it is right so you can find out on a personal level um and if nobody knows then the next thing we would do is you sort of put that gm on probation and you send a message fyi we don't know where you are and you know we want competitive gms in this league so this has been a warning please manage your roster you know put put your active players in the lineup otherwise we'll have to make a decision on what to do with your future if that doesn't happen and and the gm is just gone doesn't come back use the commissioner's tools the commissioner can take over and manage the roster you can find a new gm it's easy to transfer ownership in terms of logins for yahoo for example they let you do that um and i think the worst case scenario in, when this happens is the gm does respond but then they just kind of do the bare minimum and they keep disappearing again and again and, they, and they're limping along like not really engaged but just engaged enough and when that happens, usually in the off season, we do kind of a vote and say, okay, is this person doing enough? Or do we have another GM wanting to join the league? That would be better. And then we put it to a vote, sort of just, okay, is this person good enough for the league? And it's especially if you're in a league that with a lot of people you know, and that's not just a standard public league, and that's what makes it fun, right? It's not your ordinary league. So I think it's okay to have a higher standard for the type of GM that you want. So that's a long answer, but only because I've actually encountered the situation many times. No, that makes sense. Uh, question from Connor Stone. I have Kabokaku in my keeper league, but at this point I have no hope for him long-term. What are your thoughts? Yeah, it's frustrating because the potential was so high when he was drafted right after Jack Hughes in 2019. Um, well, I, I wrote a story at the time I was with the Hockey News, so I got to know Capo and, and many of his former coaches as I worked through this story. And I remember one of his coaches telling me he was the best player they've ever seen in Finland at that age, better than Barkov, better than Granlin. And they were so certain he was going to be a dominant NHL player, that his skill set translated. And it's weird because his under-the-hood play driving metrics are actually on the rise. He's quite a positive presence as a play driver. Um, and he even has recently gotten a look on the first line. But the problem is, well, you know, we saw what happened in the playoffs with the healthy scratch. Gerard Gallant just doesn't trust him enough. And I, I really see Valerie Nachushkin's career here. They're so similar, the development, because you have Kapokako, big-time prospect, first-round pick, just like Nachushkin. The defensive side of his game has arrived first, just like Nachushkin. And I think he needs a new team to really blossom, just like Nachushkin. And now, up until he got hurt this year, we saw Nachushkin's offense finally catching up to his defense in the right situation. And I wonder if Kako needs to just find a new team. And, you know, if he gets traded somewhere, he gets a fresh start, a coach that that uh, has more trust in him. But otherwise, in a keeper league, I wouldn't blame you for cutting bait because it just seems like it's taking too long for the light to switch on. Yeah, from, from an NHL standpoint, we have to remember he is 21 years old. And that, that finish league season, I got to watch a lot of him play. He had like, it was almost a point per game, which is pretty much unheard of, of a draft eligible player playing in any European pro league, um, let alone the Finnish league, which is a very tough league to crack where a lot of the best players are playing sometimes two to three shifts a game. So for him to go out there and put up as many points as he did, a good sign of what we were hoping he would end up being. 
and it didn't end up becoming the case that way. But yeah, I do agree that it's not working in New York. I think if he goes somewhere, me like I, I'm a, still believing in Eli Tolvanen. He's a few years older. I still think uh, give a, give the opportunities for Kako to go somewhere and play somewhere. I think he'll be much better than where he's playing right now. He's too talented of a player to just kind of be relegated to nothingness. So I'm not giving up on him, but fantasy reasons. Yeah, you kind of have to. Mm-hmm. Uh, Matthew Johnson. Is Tage Thompson truly legit? It's going to come down to having to decide between him and Jack Hughes in my pool soon due to salary cap constraints. Yeah, I I mean, at this point, I think we have to say so. And if you look at, you know, if you you set aside the Ryan O'Reilly trade before that trade happened, Tage Thompson was a first round pick. So theoretically, the bad starter's career, that was the surprise. Him doing well was not supposed to be the surprise. That was supposed to be what he became. I don't think anyone knew he would be this good. He's evolved into this kind of unicorn man uh, in the sense that he just has the skill set that no one else can match. It's just so, uh, there's no one to compare him to. He's six foot seven. He's this giant, like, bird of prey, just stick handling around people. And he's got speed and skill. He's got kind of everything. And teams just, they legitimately don't have an answer for him. They don't know how to stop him. Um, so I think he's the real deal. I, I'm not saying he's going to finish top three in the league in scoring, but I think he's the real deal. Arrived as a star player, the star forward for the Buffalo Sabres. That said, if it's between him and Jack Hughes, Jack Hughes is also amazing. Jack Hughes is also four years younger, and Jack Hughes was always supposed to be a superstar, and he's becoming that before our eyes. So if you're making that call, I still absolutely would lean toward Jack Hughes because he's been, to me, just as good as Tage Thompson, and he's younger and just is more on the trajectory he was always supposed to be. He was the first overall pick. So that's your guy. I think Jack Hughes, going into last night's games, he had, I think, 89 points in his last 76 games, including last season. So he's he's arrived. That's who you want. That's your franchise cornerstone in a keeper league. All right. That wraps up the questions. Last week, you gave me the starting lineup of the top six F1 drivers of all time. Uh, this week, I'm going to give you a challenge, and it is fitting because uh, as, as Michael Buba and I were talking about, there we just saw the new trailer for the new uh, Into the Spider-Verse movie, which I'm very excited about. Uh, people seem to say the first one was the best Spider-Man movie of all time. No Way Home exists. Let's not forget about that. Um, but your uh, your top six superheroes. Oh, Stephen just won over by that recency bias. The correct answer is, in fact, Into the Spider-Verse. No, no, okay, I'll say this. For the same reason that I, I'm not a huge fan of the digital boards, I watching the movie, I love it, but the animation style really screws up my head and gives me like headaches pretty much like 10 minutes into watching the movie. Mm-hmm. Now, that that's more of a meat issue, but I'm just not the biggest fan of that animation style. That's yeah. Yeah, that, That's the downside for me. It's one of the only movies I ever enjoyed in 3D because it was like you were almost being led through the panels of a comic book. Really cool. Um, okay, so top six superheroes. I feel really strong about my list here. Um, it starts pretty obvious at the beginning. So I've always been a Batman person. That was always my favorite superhero, even though I'm not really a DC person. That I think Batman and also one-offs like Watchmen, that's when I went over to the DC side. Um, just the Batman lore, the rogues gallery. I'm, th- there's so much written and said about Batman. I don't even have to really go into detail. Everyone knows why Batman is so popular. Number two is Spider-Man. I've always identified with Spider-Man. I love the fact that he's sort of a teenager in most iterations, or at least in, in college. Um, and again, I think Batman likes Batman and Spider-Man together. They have by far the best rogues galleries of villains. There's so many iconic ones. And it sounds weird to define the superhero by their villains, but I think that is part of what makes them enjoyable, seeing Spider-Man go up against Doc Ock and Venom and Green Goblin. The list goes on. Uh, number three, Captain America. And 
I especially like the comic book iteration of him because Captain America has sort of been like an audience avatar for what's going on politically and the way they change the character and make him more paranoid after Watergate. And you saw even in the movie arc, uh, the Winter Soldier, my favorite Marvel movie, is a throwback to 70s espionage and paranoia. So they use him as someone who can symbolize when America's disillusioned. I like the way they treat that character. Number four is Wolverine. I just love his attitude. He's a Canadian superhero too. I was him for Halloween once. Um, but I, you know the adamantium skeleton and the lore around him, the ability to heal, the fact he's been alive for so long, he's just got a really cool backstory. Uh, number five, Daredevil. Just the idea of a blind superhero, just a really creative hook in terms of how he gets his power and being able to have heightened senses. And I, I like his, I think Daredevil Kingpin is one of the best rivalries and the born again graphic novel is amazing really good netflix show as well and last i'm going to go jean gray i think she's one of the most complicated superheroes because her power is almost too great if you look at the dark phoenix saga right she grows so powerful that she turns into a villain and it's cool the idea that there can be a superhero that that is that strong and almost has to manage you know what side they're going to land on the dark or the light so that's why i like jean gray and i just want to throw in one dig at the most boring superhero of all time superman He's just too yes. good. He's too powerful. His villains are boring other than Lex Luthor. Snooze is how I feel about Superman. I, I will add to the Daredevil talk. It's I've tried watching that show twice. And I finished the first season once. And I watched, then I rewatched the first season, the second half. And I know the show's so well regarded. But I just, as much as I love the Daredevil character in, in say, animated shows and, and comics and stuff, I just find myself too the pace to be a little too slow for me to get excited about it. I don't watch a lot of TV shows as to begin with. So it's mm -hmm. kind of has to be gripping right away. And I never felt like that show did that for me. Um, I will finish it at some point, but I don't know. It's been what five years since I started it. So. Yeah. And that was the problem with the Netflix superhero shows, Netflix, Marvel shows, the, the bloat. Cause you had 13 episodes an hour long. It was just too much time to fit those stories. in. I think eight and 45 minutes per episode would have been totally fine. The challenge for daredevil now that he's been reintroduced into the MCU in she Hulk, um, his power set was so grounded in the Netflix show. Like he got his ass kicked all the time. Like he took really bad beatings and now you have him running alongside she Hulk and it's like, you have to power him up in a way that he, he didn't show in the show in the original Netflix show. So I don't know how they're going to manage that. It'll be fun to see though. I really do like Charlie Cox in that role. Uh, so that's it for the starting lineup. And that's it for episode two, a jam packed episode, Steven. Thanks so much for doing it with me. Thank you to Michael Buble. Thank you to our sponsor ProLine plus, and just a heads up, there's going to be a two week break until episode three, as we take a little time off for the holidays, but we'll be back December 27th. Thanks. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.